Hello. It's been a while since I've released anything on my channel, and I wanted to let you know what it is I've been up to, and give you this interview that I just did with a gentleman in Spain. I have been guesting every week for months now on the Crow Triple Seven podcast. We've been covering a whole lot of really interesting topics, and just go to his YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/CrowTriple7, or go to his actual radio page, CrowTriple7Radio.com, if you'd like to hear what it is that we've been doing. A uh, lot of interesting topics, a lot of cool stuff. Um, it's, it's getting very well received, and um, I'll be getting back to this show as well. But that, that's what I've been up to lately. And Crow and I did a show together today with a show called "Truth Is Stranger Than Fiction," and I wanted to share that with you all here today. I'll be doing more shows for Secrets of Saturn coming up soon as well. And if you want to hear more of what we are all about, just check out the Crow Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. It's been a little while, but here we are again. My name is Herschel36, and boy, do I have a show for you. I have a young man called Crow and a colleague of his called Jason. You may have come across them on crow777radio.com. Now, here's a quote from Edward Bernays. The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We're living in the information age, but who owns the information? Crow, what do you say to that? Well, in a way, you kind of answered your own question when you quoted Bernays. He's talking about a few things that, in my view, are very pertinent to what you're asking here. First of all, he talks about democracy. Well, what is democracy? It's putting people in a group. Once you've put people in a group, it becomes very doable to manipulate that group, and that's what Bernays is pointing out here. But I think more directly, you ask me who controls the information. Bernays flat out states it in the quote you just did. There are a group of men that form a hidden government who understand the psychology of human beings, and it's a bit like the hidden hand. So while we can understand who controls the information, we can't understand exactly who controls the information. We like to hate on people like the royal families. We like to hate on the New World Order. We like to hate on the Rockefellers. But you see, these are not the hidden hand. These are the people that we see. These are the institutions that we see. Clearly, there is a group above that, which we probably don't even know their family names, if I had to venture a guess, and that is a guess. And these are the people who have to do with places like Tavistock or other institutions who have made a science out of manipulating the minds of the world. That is who controls the information. Boom. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have been a subscriber to crow777radio.com for, let's say, um, six to eight weeks, and the content there is absolutely ex exceptional. Jason, when did you get involved with working with Crow, and what's your background, please? Uh, well, I met Crow via email probably about a year, year and a half ago, and I had him as a guest on my podcast, Secrets of Saturn, and then uh, he asked me to come do some things on, on Crow Triple Seven Radio, and we just kind of hit it off from there. We realized that we have a really good rapport with each other, uh, we complement each other the way we speak, and um, we're just really good at driving shows together because we're both pretty knowledgeable, I would say, and just kind of went on from there and, and now we do most of his shows together and uh, I absolutely love doing it with him. What's your understanding of the information age that we find ourselves in, Jason? Well, that was in, in a very interesting quote by Bernays, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that's kind of like a, a crack in the door to see what's really going on. He, he's almost acting as a public figure of the powers that be behind the scenes, as Crow was saying. Because he blatantly says that, uh, you know, a small amount of people manipulate the vast majority of people, you know. And a good example of this is why do we in the Western world have bacon and eggs for breakfast? Well, because Bernays wanted it that way. They they were throwing bacon away and uh, now we don't. Now they sell it in, uh, for a very tidy profit. And, and that's actually a very good point because the average person who has never thought about something as mundane as what we eat for breakfast, bacon and eggs, go look at the ingredients in bacon. You'll find that it's mostly, you know, bad things and it's got nitrates and it's got things that are not food. Um, and it's not just about who controls the information at this point, um, who controls the food supply, 
who controls the water supply um, all over the world. They are putting fluoride in water all over the world. They're corporatizing the food supply. So it's one thing to come along and enslave the psyche of large groups of people. It's another thing to be hitting them from the other end in the nutrition that's going into their bodies. It's almost like there is a full frontal assault on trying to take a world population and make them a subclass of what human beings should be, if you think about it. Oh, that's exactly what's going on. Interestingly enough, right, I found myself in um, Singapore and Malaysia, um, and I was thinking about you guys, actually, because I was checking out the sky for any chemtrailing, and there was no chemtrails taking place when I was there. I was only there for 10 days, um, so, so, so a, couple, a couple of days in Singapore, over to Kuching, back to Singapore, and back to London. Um, however, um, the, the, the population, the, the men, they're so feminine. They're incredibly feminine, and I, I was surprised how gently spoken they were. They were they were so timid, you know. They were a different race of being, and I kind of because when I go back to London, the chemtrails. There's maybe twenty planes all day long, bang, 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 bang. And when I'm in Spain, there's five planes, I estimate. Um, so so we, we, we're basically getting a, a chemical attack and an information overload um, from all sources at the moment. What's going on, Jason? Well, it depends upon which aspect you're going at there. Chemtrailing is uh, – there's definitely a geoengineering program going on all over the world. And I don't know if it's hitting every single country, as you just stated. Perhaps it's not in every single country, but anywhere with large populations. It, it's usually in major cities. For instance, uh, I went on a trip about a year and a half ago across the country, and I didn't really see anything out in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Uh, if you Once you get out of Austin and start driving west, there's like a day's drive where you're literally – there's nothing. A gas station every God knows how many miles. I didn't see any chemtrails. However, when I was in Austin and Houston and then getting up to El Paso, yeah, I saw lots of chemtrails. So I'd say this is absolutely a very deliberate thing that they're doing. And um, we have a general idea of what's in the chemtrails. And um, the problem is we don't know everything that's in the chemtrails. So goodness only knows what they're really hitting us with. My suspicion has always been either a binary or more weapon that um, targets us on multiple levels, that it's not just what's in the chemtrails, it's what's in the chemtrails and interacting with goodness knows what else we're get, getting hit with uh, in the GMO food, in the water, as Crow was saying. We're being targeted on multiple levels. You know, uh, Go walk in any grocery store in, in the United States or Walmart or anything like that, and they're slamming the idea of getting your shots, flu shots especially, and you know, goodness knows what's in that. So I'd say we're being targeted on many levels. And I don't subscribe to any of those things. I won't do most of that stuff. I try to avoid everything I possibly can, uh, especially when it comes to food. Uh, you know, I try to buy everything organic that I can, and it costs more. And that's why people don't buy it. But the thing is, that's what food really costs. All that processed garbage that they're they're hitting us with is uh, is cheap because it's it's not real food. It's it's mostly chemicals. You know. Well, here's an interesting fact. Um, when I went to London recently, because I've been living there for, 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 for uh, a few months, um, if I go and buy a, a bag of bananas, let's say, um, I, I, I buy the bananas from Tesco's and I leave them in my kitchen, um, in my flat in London, and I, I, I wait five days before um, eating those bananas whilst in in whilst in um in, in spain the bananas are absolutely ripe and and ready to eat as we go so it's it, it's very interesting um and just coming back to this information the 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 information that's pumped into family homes as an example right a big tv screen right in front of the 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 the, 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 the seating area and it's estimated by the Guardian newspaper, the average household in the UK owns 7.4 devices connected to the internet that can connect to the internet. Hmm. So my question to you, you both, um, Crow especially, you know, if you own the internet, you would be in a very, very powerful uh, position, no? Yeah, but I think in a way that question, the way you phrase that question might miss the bullseye slightly. Um, it's really not – it is about who owns things like Google. You know, Clearly, they own a big part of the information systems. But you see, that's not really per se the main concern here. It is a big concern. Don't get me wrong. The main concern is who is programming. You know, all these, all these big places that own the information systems, but you see they're all in sync. 
in the same way we can see an announcement come out of NASA on a Monday that, oh, guess what, guys? There's water on Mars. Nonsense. And then on that Friday, the Matt Damon movie comes out where he goes to Mars. It's full-spectrum programming. And what this allows us to understand is that the movies coming out of Hollywood, the television shows, the commercials, the car companies, the food, corporate food providers, all these guys are using a play sheet of some sort coming from somewhere. And I think that is really the overarching question that Bernays began to hint at, um, you know, about an unseen hidden government of a very few people controlling it all. It's that we're getting hit full spectrum. And there's no portion of full spectrum that gets left out here. It's what you eat. It's what you drink. It's what you see. It's what you learn. It's what you watch. It's the job that you go to for crying out loud. Um, All of these things. And not too long ago, Jason and I did a show about full spectrum program where I posited the idea that all of Western culture was built on the back of full spectrum program to even include things like marriage, um, how how marriage happens between a man and a woman, what that relationship looks like in the household. This was all programmed into us through information sources, through movies, through our local governments convincing us all that we need to go ask permission um, and get a license to get married. And by the way, you need to have this guy from the church. A priest needs to come officiate. Even the people who may be agnostic or atheist or, you know, a lot of these people are getting a priest. And so what we see is, yeah, it sucks that places like Google have control of so much of the infrastructure that brings us all. But the real problem is the programming that's coming down the pipes and it's coming down all the damn pipes. Yeah, it's really interesting. I popped open the BBC um, the BBC website only the other morning and the opening headline was about um, um, North Korea and how they were very close to, to um, having an active nuclear bomb. And underneath that, this quite disturbing image uh, of, uh, of the, the Korean army um, showing full force, um, and it was a very cres- aggressive uh, statement, you know, of course, uh, nuclear war is one of the great fears on this planet, of course. Uh, but underneath that, directly underneath that, and of course, um, in England, we're big football fans, you know, soccer fans, um, and they had uh, that the, Harry Kane, who's the English striker, it, it, you know, it, it, it stated that Harry Kane was fit to play football on Saturday. So from one hand, they were talking about nuclear war. On the other hand, they were talking about the, the game on Saturday. And these things went hand in hand. And I kind of chuckled to myself because I think there's more reality in Harry Kane have, scoring a goal on Saturday than the North Koreans um, having a nuclear bomb and, and releasing it on this planet, in my opinion. Any comment to that? Let, let me grab this, Jason. Um, there are no nukes. Um, it's nonsense. It's fear porn. It's been used for a long time to scare the hell out of a lot of people, even back to my childhood when kids in school were being taught to hide, duck, and cover under their desks because the world could end tomorrow because of these supposed nukes. It's nonsense. Recently, I was watching The Jungle Surfer, who I always follow. So many people can't accept what he is saying because they don't understand. Um, But he was covering another channel, I think it's called Hoaxbuster, who actually identified who Madame Curie is. And for anyone who doesn't know who Madame Curie is, that is the root, the foundation, the basis for radiation and therefore nukes in the way that we understand them. And what he did was he identified who this construct called Madame Curie is. M. Curie is Mercury. Get it? Madame Curie, M. Curie, Mercury. She is playing the role of Mercury in the occult, you know, theater that runs our world. And um, Jason and I did a show about Parsons and JPL and how he was killed with Mercury and lost a limb and all these other tells that you were looking at a kind of Masonic encoding, an alchemical encoding of a false history. Well, Madame Curie, or Mercury, as I guess we should call her now, because she's been identified, the veil has been ripped away, supposedly discovered radiation um, at the very foundational requirement to begin to knit the tail that we have nuclear weapons that could destroy this world. Um, It is all nonsense. And the problem here is, is all the people listening right now 
have been told their whole lives that nukes are a real thing. They've been told that Three Mile Island has a nuclear generator to produce electricity. They've been told all these things about nuclear energy, and it's all nonsense. It's all fear porn. It's all mind rape. And when they hear these things, they don't know what to do. Their entire life, they've been told this one thing, and now some joker named Crow shows up in their view and tells them it's all nonsense. Well, there's two ways this can go. The average person can shut down and say, well, Crow's spouting nonsense, or the average person can look into what we are saying here. There will never be a time when our world is threatened by nuclear weapons. They don't exist. Um, we've been convinced of so many of these things, like uh, Ebola is another good example. Ebola is nonsense. West Nile virus, all these plagues, all this fear porn. This is part of the programming and control of our world. Uh, in the case of Ebola, anyone who actually wants to consider what is being said here, go back and do an image search on Google for Ebola. And you will immediately notice there is this bizarre electrical green in almost every image you look up. And it's no different than the band Poison from the 80s. Of course, they were using the same idea. The green, poison, get it. It's all in the same vein. But that was their brand. Um, when you begin to wake up from this dream, you begin to understand the fingerprints that are out there. You begin to question instead of accepting what you've been told your whole life. So I'm here to tell you, if you have the ears to hear me, that nukes are nonsense and that the very person who foundationally discovered radiation or plutonium or whatever it was from Madame Curie or or mercury is proven out. The foundations for this are nonsensical fraud and just more kind of alchemical Masonic encoding um, that is no longer hidden from us. So there it is. For whatever it's worth, people can look into this, or I suppose they could shut down and go with what they've been told their whole life. And I know that was kind of a spiel, but there it is out on the table. Do do what you will with what's been laid down. Well, well, here's the thing, too, though. It, like, it's not just nuclear weapons. It's everything. As Crow and That's I right. have discovered, every single thing that we've looked at, we find this huge layer of deception. You know, every that's single right. major thing that's gone on in history and maybe even Western history itself, we're finding mass fraud. So it's not just this one thing. It's everything. Wh whomever is really behind the majority of what gets given to us in, in the public image it's almost all fraud, and, and the nuclear weapons thing is just one of just about everything. Let's put this into context for people. You know, it's, it's almost like we've been taught to be infants, diaper-wearing, crawling-on-all-four infants. What does a child, a very young child, do? They take information that is told to them from an adult. That's basically what society has been taught to do. Guess what? There's dinosaurs. Guess what? There's nukes. Guess what? There's these plagues that are going to kill you. Guess what? There's a war going on in or going to be in Korea or with Russia or some other place. The adults of this world don't accept what's been told them. They go out and challenge it. That's what an adult, adult does. You see, an adult is going to be in a position to provide information to younger human beings, the children. You know, so what kind of people are we going to be here? Are we going to be diaper wearing babies where anything the news spews at us or some authoritarian figure or some doctor that's going to tell me I need to be inoculated with God knows what? Am I going to be the child that accepts that stuff or am I going to be the adult that says, wait a minute, why do I need that inoculation? Why should I believe in nuclear weapons? I'm going to challenge this stuff. I'm going to try to prove out one way or the other whether these things are worth accepting and worth believing in. And I'm sorry for stepping on you, David, but the picture needs to be drawn here for people because it is late in the game. And the vast majority of us, unfortunately, and I'm not discluding myself, are basically finding ourselves in diapers. And that means that there are adults in this world that can deal with us in mass very easily because adults have no problem dealing with babies. Let me play devil's advocate slightly, okay? So Marie Curie, she won uh, the Nobel Peace Prize, I do believe, as an example. But then again, so did Barack Obama, and what's Barack ever done for anyone? But this brings me back to the BBC website, okay? When I grew up in England as a small child, 9 o'clock in the evening, me, my four brothers, and my two parents, we'd sit down and we'd watch the news, Every single night, like clockwork, it was it was a staple diet. That's how we found out what was going on. What you guys are trying to to illuminate towards is that the BBC 
and other networks around the world. In fact, all the networks around the world are actually manufacturing content based on fear. And generally, it's full of lies. Is that correct? Let, let's draw another picture, Jason, and I did a show on this recently. I can demonstrate that basically one overarching organization owns all information sources to include music, movies, anything you want to talk about, even things like Al Jazeera. It is all controlled by one group of, I guess, men. Maybe there's women. Who knows? We don't know their names. We know some of their names. In the 1990s, there were the big five or big six corporations that owned it all. We marched it all the way back. Do you remember the date, Jason? Was it 2013? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 2013 when we got to the big two, this big two corporations that owned it all. And we're headed for the big one. But that matters not because every person that sits on the board of the big two belong to overarching groups like the Trilateral Commission, like the Club of Rome. So there it is. One group of human beings that are in these elite top level organizations are sitting on the board of directors of the last two big corporations that own it all. So what does this mean? Who does a corporation serve? Well, a corporation does not serve a customer, contrary to popular belief. A corporation serves two entities, its board of directors and its shareholders. So I have just demonstrated to anyone who wants to go look it up that these guys in the Trilateral Commission, gals maybe, um, and in the Club of Rome and in all these very old organizations are controlling the last two corporations that will soon be one that control basically 90-some percent of all information systems in this world. And it matters not whether we're talking about Al Jazeera or Capitol Records or some movie studio somewhere um, like Disney is a good example. And even when I broke down Disney, I forget how many hundreds of subsidiary information sources were owned by Disney. I've forgotten there were so many. But when you opened up there, um, here, here's the problem. Um, why should we believe anything we're told by authority, by so-called authority? We know what governments do. We're all grown-ups here. Is there anybody listening to this that says, yep, I trust my government wherever I may live in the world implicitly, and they have my permission to do whatever they want with my life? Is there anyone out there who will say that? If there is not very many people out there who will say that, you should begin to understand that when your television says something to you, it is lying. When you watch a movie, you are being programmed. When you listen to music, we did the whole genesis of rock and roll music show, Jason and I together, all these things. So it comes back to what we were just saying. Are you going to be a baby and let the adults in the room tell you what to think and believe? Or are you going to be an adult and challenge these things? It's really that simple. You could do a lot of this homework yourself, too. Just go back through the past couple of decades and look at the banks that are getting swallowed up by each other or, or the media right. organizations. You can see the buyouts, and it's just everything's going under one umbrella, and then that corporation gets absorbed into another. And then you just get – it's a pyramid thing, you know? And you can see that there's just less and less, as the years have gone by, owning everything. And what that means is you you need less people directing more people. So an order can go down from on high and be filtered through all these other organizations. Every time you see two large corporations merging, what you are looking at is the consolidation of power, period. Well, it's pretty daunting, isn't it? It's pretty scary because the question is, what can we do? And you guys have very clearly illustrated that the symbolism behind all this activity leads us back to things like 9-11, leads us back to ISIS, you know, um, which leads us back to the uh, military industrial complex. And it's, it's overwhelming for um, a normal Joe like me to take this all in. Well, you see, it's a good thing you asked that question. Let's back off the dark side of the universe here. Um, Jason and I took a break a show ago to kind of just talk about Eastern mindsets versus Western to let people mellow out, recover from all the things we've been talking about. What can the average person do? Let's talk about that for a minute because every average person can do a positive thing to counteract what's being done here. What's basically happening is at some point in history, God knows when, the powers that be, the royal family, whoever the heck you want to point at as the people who had all the power, decided that, you know what, when we go into a place with 
our boots on and point our bayonets and guns at them, it can get out of control really quickly. We can piss some people off and they can fight back. And we don't want a situation where things get out of control very quickly. What we want is a controllable situation. So what happened is things like the supposed fall of the British Empire. Nonsense. The British never lost an iota of the control they ever had. And while the world saw the British Empire crumbling, what was going on is like in India, as an example, people were being put in governmental positions that were basically puppets of the old regime. So what they did was they quit pointing bayonets and combat boots at people, and they started going for the mind game. They realized that if they manipulated the mindsets, the psyche of a vast population across this world, that that was predictable and it didn't get out of hand. And they that's what they don't want. They want control. So that's what we're talking about. So what, what can the average person do? It's a very simple thing. You can begin to think for yourself. You can begin to challenge all information that comes to you. And most importantly of all, the concrete action you can take is to change your mind. In this world where we have no control over what corporation merges with who or who owns the search engines or any of these things, we have control of our minds. And that is why the people in charge are fighting so desperately to control the psyche of this world, to get us all to believe in these fantasies like nuclear weapons and all the nonsense, the fear porn that goes on and the fake gun violence and the 9-11s and the Sandy Hooks, it goes on and on and on. But if you change your own mind, you have truly changed something. And that thing that you have changed is the very thing they want control of. So there is light at the end of this tunnel. And let me back that up by saying the uh, the powers that be figured out it's much easier to control you with paper than it is with the barrel of a gun. They can give you the illusion of freedom, but in reality, they've got you your, the chains on you. But it's all on this straw man identity and control through the system by bombarding you with with information that you're taking as reality. In reality, it's 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 nothing of the sort. That's a damn good point, because what Jason is pointing out here is the straw man identity, which is maritime, basically pirate law, which is enforced all over at least the Western world that I'm aware of. And what the straw man identity is, is a make-believe person with your name written in capital letters. Here's the rub. If you are convinced to buy in and give life to this make-believe person that doesn't exist – that uses your name that was born on your birthday on paper as a corporation, then you can, in fact, be compelled to do things. And Jason is making a very valid point, you see, because if we'd all been adults way back in 33 and other times when this was being implemented and the Bureau of Census in the United States was being put together and stood up and said, no, we, we're not going to buy into this. We're not going to, I'm not a piece of paper. I'm not a corporation. Um, why do I need a birth certificate? Why do I need a social security number? If we would have done these things, the illusion that has been spun around us would have no power. The spell would have no power. What they are doing would be powerless. But unfortunately, we came a long way down the road where we walk into a courtroom and a judge picks up a piece of paper with our name written in capital letters and says, is this you? And the vast majority of us say, yep, judge, that's me. Bang. The spell now has power. The make-believe person he is holding his hand who is not you is now empowered to compel you to do things like go to jail, to pay fines, to need licenses, all these things. So, again, we're talking about your mind. If you control your mind um, and you change your mind, then there is light to not be so subject to the things we're, we're addressing here. You have to be very strong with these things, though, however, because, um, you know, if I'm not um, – if I don't I... – if I don't represent, if I'm not rep represented by my straw man entity, then I'm a sovereign being, I do believe. And, and there's implications about that. It's, um, I actually took a promissory note into Lloyd's bank to pay a mortgage. Um, and I was shaking. I was shaking. I wanted to, I wanted to see it. I was, I was shaking with fear. And when I took it in, the, 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 the legal head, um, representative came down, uh, the secretary, and um, she made a photocopy and she signed my document. When I got home, I realized I hadn't actually signed the promissory note. That's how much fear I was in. It's incredible. And, um, and so I, I thought nothing of it because it wasn't a legal um, document. However, the bank did write to me. 
they, they, they took the time to write to me regarding the issue about promissory notes, and they, they, they claimed that the promissory notes weren't legal tender in the UK, they were legal tender in the US. And I thought that was very interesting that they took the time out to actually write to me. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm so programmed to be part of the system. Well, there's there's consequences, isn't there? This isn't just a system that was put together willy-nilly. If you try to get yourself out from under and claim the rights of a sovereign being in this world, not a corporation, not a straw man identity, not basically a debt slave, which 90-some percent of us are, um, there are consequences they will try to bring against you. Um, the problem here is, is why did they write you? Well, I have a feeling the reason they wrote you is because more and more people are becoming aware. But it's not just you know, the straw man identity or the information system. I mean, we could take something as mundane as the elections that just occurred in the United States. You know, I was getting ready to do a show and I don't watch the news. I don't watch a lot of TV. But what I noticed was people all around me in my community up in arms. Damn it. That that bad man Trump was elected. And who the heck is Hillary, that witch? Why should she, you know, just all these people up in arms? So I took the time to point something out, and what I found kind of stunned me. I told people that in the United States, when you show up to vote, your vote amounts to bupkis. It has no part in seating a president, and it never has. What seats a president in the United States is the Electoral College. The electoral votes is what seats a president. At the time I did the show, I think there were four live examples of presidents being seated supposedly against the popular vote, which means all these people in the United States voted. That was the popular vote. But the Electoral College seated someone else because, well, whatever reason, because I also and I'm not sure if this is true because I have not watched two seconds of Trump on television or the election. But I was told later that supposedly Hillary had the popular vote and Trump was seated. If this was true, it's just more evidence. But here's here's part of the rub. One of the presidents we can point to, Harrison, that was seated by the Electoral College, supposedly against the popular vote. Guess who his descendants are? His descendants are the fine gentlemen who run the television show Pawn Stars. So these exquisite gentlemen that run the show Pawn Stars who have a better way to teach the American people how to live and the value of materialism and all these things that show does. How is it? That in a country the size of the United States, whatever it is, 400 million, I'm guessing, how many people that it was these descendants of Benjamin Harrison that got the show. Now, if you can't see the picture that's being illustrated here, I don't know what to tell you, but that's not really the main point. The main point is, is that we have the highly most highly educated people in this country, doctors, lawyers, as a matter of fact, one of my neighbors is one of them. And when I told him his vote amount amounted to bupkis and that he should go look into what the Electoral College does and how it works, he was incensed. He was upset. He was he he did what all people do that are confronted with a reality that they may not want to face. But it does not erase the fact that Voting in the United States is nonsense. Democracy in the United States is nonsense. It is the Electoral College which was put in place by the first 13 colonies as a way for the same powerful families and people to hold power ad infinitum. And that is a fact. As a matter of fact, the state I live in, Rhode Island, walked in while they were making the Electoral College and they said, we will take no part in this because what you are doing is allowing a backdoor method for the same old, same old to come in and steal power. Um, you can look these things up. And as a matter of fact, as irony would have it, some weeks after I did this on my show, talked about it in the intro, there is a show in America called Adam Ruins Everything. And guess what he covered? The Electoral College. And guess what he said? exactly what I had tried to tell everyone. So Jason made a valid point there. It's not just nukes or some plague you're going to get or the inoculations you need or the bad food you're eating. It's really pretty much full spectrum. What blows my mind about this is that's something you learn about in high school civics class. I remember really? that for, since I was a kid. I, I've known that forever, long before I became into uh, you know the kind of person I am now researching all these heavy-duty topics. I knew that the Electoral College was a thing and that there's the popular vote and then there's the, the Electoral College vote. And it goes all the way back to uh, the good example is Truman and Dewey. Dewey won the popular vote, if I remember correctly, and Truman got, got in. 
It, you know, it, even, it gets even more ironic because people went and tracked back the supposed family trees of both Trump and Hillary. Uh-huh. And the claim, the claim is being made now that they come from the same royal line out of Scotland or somewhere like I don't know if I've even got that right because I just don't care anymore. They're all part of the bloodline is what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, it's if they're there, they're there for a reason. And I don't care what any person listening thinks they can vote for or thinks they can do. The person they want to be seated is going to be seated as a matter of fact. When we were coming into the election, everyone was saying Hillary had it and Trump didn't have a prayer in hell. Well, on South Park, the last episode before the election, they had Bruce Jenner, I guess his or her name is Caitlyn Jenner now, was the running mate of the person portraying Trump, um, who was a South Park character, the male against the female. And the last line of that episode was, this election is going to be a hell of a thing. You better buckle up, buckaroos. So it's not even like they're pulling it out of a hat. They're pulling from a script. They're going to seat who they're going to seat. And until the population around us wakes up and decides to be grown-up adults and to start to challenge things and look at what they can know. You can know how the Electoral College works, and if you do know how the Electoral College works, you will never get up to vote again. And you will probably never watch cable news again because you will understand what they are doing. Um, These are pretty simple things, but the programming is so intense that what we actually see is people getting upset and wanting to stick with the cage they've been put in because they know how to exist in that cage. Are you guys aware that Theresa May, the UK Prime Minister, has announced a snap election on June the 8th? Has that hit your shores yet? If it had, I would miss it because I don't watch the news. But I'm not even sure what that means, I guess, to be honest. Well, I think it means that um, out of the blue, she's called a general election. So we're going to have a general election. And you know that we are also going through this Brexit thing. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the fear, the fear in businesses um, from from London in, in, you know, small, medium enterprises is incredible, you know, and it's been manipulated, I'm sure. Absolutely manipulated from start to finish. It must be. I must, you know, do you think the British prime minister has any power at all, decision making power? I I mean, come on. Um, Look look at the United States. Any person listening to this would probably assume that the United States government is one of the most powerful entities on the planet. Um, These people are puppets. They're actors. That's what they are. Um, We can see it on a on. Well, I hate to use the word, but I will on the global stage, on the worldwide stage. We can see what goes on here. Um, You know, the average person maybe over in the UK wouldn't be aware that basically the United States has been demoted. Our middle class has been decimated. There's very little of it left. Almost everything we used to make in this country has been shipped over to China, and China is on the ascendance. Well, what does that tell you? It tells you that there are truly a hidden, shadowy group of men, as the Bernays quote told you in the opening of this show, that are pulling the strings. And if you began to consider, well, why was the United States demoted? Who who knows the actual reasons? But think about what it means to start to put China on the ascendant, where a single man snaps his fingers and the next morning things are implemented. Um, I remember some organics or some green acts that um, took years to go through uh, the United States government. And by the time they came out the other side, they didn't resemble what they started. They were shadows of their former selves. And some of it kind of got implemented. Well, in China, under their system, basically a guy at the top snaps his fingers and the next morning that's the way it is. So you can kind of see what goes on in the world. But um, if you're looking at politicians, you are looking literally at actors, literally at actors. Look at Trump. If you for, for anyone who can't accept that, if you look at a person's resume, that tells you who they are, right? If it's an honest resume, if you were to look at Trump's resume, resume you would see actor on the resume. What does that tell you about Trump? I've said on a lot of shows, one of the most major kind of earth-shifting events in American history was the day that Ronald Reagan was elected. Why, you might ask? Well, I'll tell you. It's a very simple thing, because Ronald Reagan was a known Hollywood actor, and it was suddenly okay for the people in this country to accept 
a damn Hollywood actor as the commander in chief. And while that may not mean what we think it means, the point is the line between Hollywood and politics had finally been unobscured. Everyone could see our president is an actor. And that is the truth. Well, the bottom line here is that the corporations, the banks behind the corporations, more like, they're the ones in control. They're the ones that push things where they want them to go. And you can see that just with the prices of things and, and who does what on, on, on the uh, worldwide scale, that's who controls it. And the rest of this is window dressing for the masses. Exactly. I mean, if, if, if we were to ask the people listening to the show, who owns the Federal Reserve in, in the United States of America? Well, I guess I shouldn't say America. I should say the United States, because the United States is the corporation that we're all subject to in this part of the world. But I will ask again, who owns the Federal Reserve? The average person who's never thought of it will say, well, the word federal is there, so it must be a governmental agency. It is not. It is owned by private families. It was set up as a central banking system. They make money out of thin air, and then they loan it immediately at interest. So, you know, this brings up other topics. Like so many people in the United States listen to Fox News and CNN, and they fight endlessly about debt, which is ludicrous, which is completely infantile. This system is built on debt. Not only is it built on debt, it will require that more debt is accrued every year just to function. As I pointed out, the Federal Reserve, owned by private families, which is the source of money in this part of the world, makes it out of thin air. They sit down at a computer, they tap some keys, money has been made. There is no value backing it. They're basically promissory notes. In other words, we pass IOUs around. That's how we, we function in the Western world. But the point is they immediately take this imaginary IOU that has no value and they'll loan it to the real government at interest which means immediately there is debt associated with every bit of currency that comes into our system. These are knowable things for anybody, and it just kind of underscores what Jason just said. Yep, you're right, guys. You're both right. It's incredibly heartbreaking. But I tell you what really got to me when I was deep into your conversations over the last few weeks um, is um, the stuff about music, because all three of us are musicians, and I was sold a dream. I fell in love with John Lennon and the Beatles and uh, the later John Lennon work and Yoko Ono and that whole dream of saving the world and being famous and blah, blah, blah. And it took me a long time to get out of that bubble. Um, <laughs> and it was very painful, actually. Um, yes. And um, realizing that that is a whole load of BS was very difficult, and I'm starting to come back to the to a place where I'm looking at music, and I started to play the ukulele. It's a beautiful instrument, um, and, and just <laughs> for playing music, right? But um, but you have destroyed my my understanding of music, Jason. Man, the music thing is heartbreaking. It's um, when I started realizing just how much of it was controlled. I'm a huge fan of the '60s and '70s, and uh, when I found the Laurel Canyon information a few years ago, that was the one that really did it. In it's just like, oh my god, like this whole movement that I thought was so cool and and so interesting and so bucking the system, turns out that uh, you know all these people had go uh, government ties, all, all their their family members and everything, and it's all just it's hooey, you know, it's all it's all controlled. It was it was just to take society in the direction that they wanted to take it. Yeah, there's no doubt. It was a psychological operation, the whole thing. But you see, this demonstrates what we were talking about earlier about full-spectrum programming. It's not just what you get from the news, you know, the music you grew up with. It's right there in the music, shaping our culture. Um, what's that song from the 80s? Go ahead, try to catch the deluge in a paper cup. You know, it is. It's heartbreaking. I used to think at one point in my life, Jimmy Page was the greatest man. He was the apex. If, if you know, how would it be to live a life of a guitar god like Jimmy Page? You want to know something? I can't even really listen to Zeppelin anymore. I'll tell you another thing. The Doors comes on. I just get a sick feeling in my stomach. Um, it's not the same to me anymore. But you see, after a while, you begin to come to terms with the heartbreak that that is for people who were at one time so invested in music as a means of escape and enjoyment. Um, you begin to get beyond it and you start to get back to your life, but something has changed. You now understand what it was about. And in some ways that kind of releases you a bit from, from the vice that you were put in. Do you guys still play personally? I assume you do, Jason. Oh, yeah, I write music all the time. I'm, I'm writing and recording stuff uh, as we speak, really. 
That's funny. Um, I played a lot less over the last few years than I did. Um, but recently my wife has been saying, you got to start picking up your guitar more, which is fine. Um, you know, I do things on my own terms. Like when I pick up my guitar now, I tune it to 432, um, <laughs> not 440, um, because I understand that the 440 is not only encoding death's doors, but it's not helpful frequency for the human body. Um, it's just made to elevate excitement and do negative things. Um, so I tune it back to 432 as a conscious effort on my part to say I'm making this music on my own terms. Um, I'm doing it for enjoyment and hopefully for the enjoyment of others. And yeah, you get back on the road that way. Um, it's, it's, you know, you do what you can. Absolutely. I, I did an album uh, that I recorded all at 432 as well, and that's all I use. Yeah, and, uh, and after listening to you guys, I'm, I'm now moving towards 432 as well. Um, it, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a go, but I, I haven't got there yet, but I, I will do as soon as I get settled. Um, and, and of course it, it brings me back to, to this question about Hollywood, right? Well, well, not back, but, 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 but to a question about Hollywood and, and the spellcraft associated with Hollywood, that there is a meaning behind the word, isn't there? Hollywood, yeah, it was, you know, Hollywood was the wood used to, supposedly by the Druid priests. That's what they made their wands out of. Um, and they are, you know, they're the caster of spells. They're the maker of dreams. Um, they created all of Western culture. The reason I'm probably sitting here wearing blue jeans right now is because Hollywood put it in movies, I'm sure. It's also what Harry Potter's wand is made out of in the books. There you go. I don't know where you get a phoenix feather, but if we could, we could be just like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, and and uh, the, the what's the future um, looking for? Uh, what's the future in in, in the US um, looking like for for the next six to twelve months? Um, are you looking at a, a recovery financially, or are things tough? What do you think? It appears that the US has been demoted, but I no longer make predictions, um, because the truth is you really never have a good way to know which way things are going to go. Um, the, the, the truth is, is that I have lived since the 60s. And when I look at what's happened to this country in that time, it's pretty clear we're never going back to a time when the world is going to look at this country and admire it and think all these things that it used to. Um, but you see, we're, we're entering a new era I can't tell you whether ages are a real thing. We've talked about that, but we are entering a new era, and it is late in the game. We're at the cusp of some very big worldwide shifts. There are a lot of us who have woken up to the nonsense. There are a lot of us who are prepared to try to take off our diapers and stand on two feet and act like adults and try to put some sanity back into what's come of well, particularly the country I live in, the United States. Um, these are not going to be easy things, and it's too early for me to, to even fashion a guess. But I'll tell you what, it does look like the cards are heavily stacked against us. Um, you know, I suppose that doesn't ensure that, you know, all is lost. And when you really begin to break it down logically, the truth is, is I own my mind. And no one can take it from me, at least not yet. I don't know if there's technology around the corner that'll make that an untrue statement. But for right now, I own my mind. So the way I look at it is, no matter how bad things get here, or whether the money markets crash, or the, the rest of the middle class is taken away, and we're all basically poor, I own my mind, and whatever happens between now and the day I die, I will value that I own my mind, and I will do what I can with my mind. Well, David, you opened up this conversation on the information age, and I would suggest that uh, the Internet proliferating the way it has is a very big double-edged sword. You know, I don't, I don't think the uh, powers that be th thought it was going to become what it has become, and now that it's out there, they want to contain it is, is what, what it seems like, and, um, you know, the more and more people get used to this concept that they could go wherever they want and do whatever they want, um, you know, if they try and lock that down, it's going to be an issue. But that's that's exactly what we see happening now. The Google skews searches, for example, look up Crow 777 and see what you uh, what you find. It seems like they're even skewing hits to certain places. Well, that's very true, because I found both of you guys on YouTube. Um, and of course, YouTube's owned by Google. Um, Google's fund, founded by Larry Page and Sergey Brin, both Jewish, of course. Um, and um, it, it, when you do the links, when I've done the links, the first funding for Google was in August 1998, uh, a contribution of $100,000 from Andy Burke. 
Berkelsheim, co-founder of Sun Microsystems, um, and his advisor was Forrest Basket. Um, and For- Forrest was part of the leadership of the Sun Project, which is supported by DARPA, which is the Defense Advanced Research Projects mm-hmm. Agency, i.e. the U.S. Department of Defense and the military industrial co- complex. So am I wrong or right in suggesting that YouTube is being used by the powers that be to um, uh, create metadata behind the content that we're putting up, they own the data, and then they're controlling the data as it moves forward? There's no service that you use in a day. It's not just the Internet or social media, your telephone, the cards that you use in a day to buy things. It's all being data mined. And the reason it's being data mined is because they can deduce things that you will never know about yourself. As an example, uh, if you data mined what the average person puts out across all digital things, including their cards and purchases and traveling with their GPS, all these things, um, algorithms can be put to data mine that will predict with a 98% certainty or better the day they will die, where they will die, what will kill them, and what group of people that puts them in. And that's just really a low-level example of what data mining can bring. Um, This is the problem with corporately controlled information sources because there is no protections. Um, You know, when I was young, say in the 70s, the idea that someone would try to figure out what you had done with your library card would have there would have been hell to pay. People would not have stood for that kind of an invasion of privacy. And then look where we are today, where every single thing we do, the data is collected in mind. And it's not even really hidden. You know, places like Facebook are telling you flat out. Uh, Google has been telling everyone. And, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago when you used a card, it was pretty much independent. Well, all these cards now are conglomerated because all the information is sold to whoever wants to buy it. So when you go to the grocery store and buy things, you use your benefits card, you use your gas card, you use any card that goes into a machine that is scanned, particularly the ones with chips now, which are not only programming you, um, the card you're carrying, but they're taking all the data back off that card. Um, that's all data mineable, and it gives them the most complete and insane predictive abilities of a human population that has ever existed. YouTube and Facebook, uh, they are cracking down. There are people from all various aspects of, uh, if you want to call it the truth movement or whatever name you want to label it, they're getting cracked down on. Uh, they're, they're pulling their their uh, ad revenue, um, the whole fake news thing. Like Facebook has a, an algorithm now that if they think you're fake news, they'll just pull your post. Uh, I, have a, I had it happen to a friend the other day, and she has really nothing to do with any of this sort of thing. And... Uh, her post just got pulled, and then she put up another post saying, hey, they pulled this as being labeled as fake news, and it had nothing to do with anything like that. So they are cracking <laughs> down and are doing things that, uh, you know, to, to control us. And it shows you how insidious the systems are they use to combat the, the perceived threats to their system. You see, the real fake news is CNN. The real fake news is Fox News. The real fake news is your local news that brings you the weather and the ball scores every day. That is the real fake news. And yet they have legislated now or are starting to legislate these things called fake news. And there is no intention that they are going after CNN or Fox or Al Jazeera or any of the true fake news sources. What they're going to do is be coming for people like Jason and me um, and calling us fake news. When, in fact, all Jason and I are doing is using our birthright of free speech and free thought to challenge a system that we perceive has gone wilder than a pack of jackals. So everything seemingly is backwards. And you guys did a a really interesting show, um, which which talks about Satan and Lucifer, and that actually back in some of the the, the old traditions, Lucifer was was quite a, a decent character in the in that particular story. So it seems that everything is skewed with, and it's it, it's very confusing. You know, the average person can think about these things in a very simplistic way. You know, in that episode, I think the title I put on it was Prometheus. The myth of Prometheus is the story of Lucifer is Venus. So much of all this nonsense and this Masonic encoding and the number systems that pull all these events to the calendar is simply encoding the sky. Um, I don't accept that there's 
a man with a pitchfork living in our world with a bifurcated tail that is the devil. I don't accept it, and I never will accept it. I understand that the ideas generally are encoded by secret societies, places like the Vatican, places like the Masonic organizations. They're just encoding aspects of nature. It's what they're doing. In the same way that Christianity got encoded the path of the sun into it by places like the Vatican and and masonry, Um, you know, it's nothing scary. They're encoding the sky, and if you really look at it, what is the sky? Well, the sky is our clock. It's the only clock we have down here, Um, and a lot of it is about that. And so if if people look at these things and they feel a dark chill on their spine, maybe pull it back down a few notches and just consider what I've said, because anyone can look up that the word Lucifer is directly associated with the planet Venus. The reason is, is because when Venus is the morning star and it's rising and it's the brightest thing you can see by far, um, even rivaling the full moon in some cases, what's coming right behind the sun? So Venus is the light bringer, you see, because the sun's coming right behind it. Um, Venus is a bit unusual too, because sometimes it's the evening star where uh, the sun will just have set, and then you see Venus follow it down. Um, so much of what we talk about from these secret societies and the Vatican, they're encoding aspects of nature. That's all they're doing, and that's all they've ever done. It's funny. When you when you look at it, it's really very simple things that uh, it's just what humankind has been witnessing in the sky for thousands of years. Right, and it gave them power, didn't it? Because if you were a priest who could say things like, guess what, tomorrow the sun's going to be blotted out from the sky, and the average person didn't know anything about it, um, you could predict an eclipse. Well, how could you predict an eclipse? Well, because the sky is a clock, a clock is predictable. If you understand how it works, you can begin to predict these things. But more than that, if you understand what an eclipse signifies, it's the passage of time. So if you understand that so many eclipses past this one eclipse, we're going to be entering a new cycle of time, and you understand something about that cycle of time, you have a real leg up on people. And, and you know, as a side perk, guess what? People are going to think you're pretty damn important because of all this knowledge you have of the natural world around you. Um, that seems to be you know, maybe at the roots of how any of this started, and it was all directly tieable to places like the Vatican, like the Masonic movements, and I would submit that the, the Masonic movement is a watered-down version of the secret societies that came before, but they're all the same. They're, it's not like one is holding some amazing information the other didn't. It seems that they were all really doing the same kind of thing. They, they were, and it, it, it's interesting because you can you can go back all the way to the earliest of recorded history that we could find, whether we know how accurate it is or not is, is remains to be seen, but no matter what, Religion and government has always been intertwined and is all the way to, the, to, to today, no matter how much they've dressed it up or, or give you window dressing to say that you have leaders. You don't. You have a priest class behind it all that's been directing things for goodness knows how long. Right. I mean, even when we walk into a court to, courtroom today, we're looking at a judge wearing a Saturnian black dress, aren't we? Um, there's no getting away from it. And, you know, Jason and I covered recently, um, you know, we demonstrated, I think it was in episode 23 at Crow 777 Radio, where we demonstrated that the Vatican in in cahoots with secret societies, however that goes, had encoded the path of the sun into all Christianity that came through the Vatican. But what people aren't aware is you can pretty much demonstrate that Saturn was encoded into the Jewish faith and movement and also into the Vatican, and the idea that Venus was encoded into Islam. This has been going on for a long time, but for people to be afraid of it is maybe the wrong way to think about it, because truly... um, it's basically aspects of nature. It's it's how this, you know, it's how the cycle of times have been marked. It's how time has been tracked down here. It's how, you know, even in times before maybe we had wristwatches, it told people, okay, it's time to plant. We're at the spring equinox. It's time to harvest. We're at the fall equinox. There were important things to know because if they wanted to eat, they had to understand these things. But the priest class really took it a bit further, and they understand quite a bit about how the cycle works. Well, it's very interesting stuff, guys, because obviously last weekend in, in the Western world, we just finished celebrating the resurrection of Christ, um, which is generally, you know, Easter's held between 21st of March and 25th of April. But on the first Sunday after the first full moon, following the northern spring equinox, you know, <laughs> it's fascinating stuff. And I've just downloaded the uh, episode 52 
from uh, crow777radio.com. Um, do you guys just want to give the audience an overview of, of that particular show? Because it's a bit of a monster. Go ahead, Jason. There was so much so much that we covered. I'll let you see, take a whack at it. Yeah, it kind of tied into the, the space fraud series that we did, showing that uh, there, there's nothing but weird characters and total occult beginnings behind uh, NASA and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And we demonstrated how the very beginnings of all this were people involved with Aleister Crawley and um, people who are, who are just huge shysters and, and con men and all that. And uh, we don't know what the reality is behind these people, but what we know in the mainstream is that it started with people who are just into twisted debauchery, um, weird sex, just all those kinds of things. And out of this supposedly came our space programs and all that. And it's just, uh, you know, you can look these things up for yourself. Don't don't believe us. Do your own homework, as I always like to say. And you'll, you'll find out that um, all is not as it seems. And that's what we keep finding over and over and over again. Right. Let's give them a we'll, we'll tip our hat. Let's give them an example from the episode. Most people are aware of a man called Werner von Braun, who worked with Walt Disney, by the way, previous to Walt Disney employment. He was said to be a Nazi, which was brought in this country because he was a genius at building rockets. We are further told that Werner von Braun single handedly pretty much designed the rockets even up to the ones we have today, which haven't changed much since this genius, Werner von Braun, designed these rockets. I would invite everyone listening to go to your Google image search and look up the headstone for Werner von Braun. I'm talking about his gravestone, his cemetery marker. On that marker, you will find his name, his birth date, his death date, and a biblical scripture. That biblical scripture from a man who brought us the rockets that supposedly take us from space is Psalm 19.1, which, of course, encodes 9.11. But to be specific, what that verse talks about, and you may have to look up a few versions because some of the translations in certain versions do not mention the firmament. They just call it the sky. But if you use things like King James or maybe the NIV or some of the other ones that are a little closer to the original translations, you will find the word firmament. What Werner von Braun left us on his tombstone was not only the encoding of 9-11, but that he wanted to point out God's handiwork from Psalm 19-1 is the firmament. So, I mean, we can ask the question, do rockets go through the firmament? Does the firmament stop rockets? What are you trying to tell us there, Werner? Why were you making rockets telling us that we were going to space? And then on your headstone, you point out that God's handiwork is the firmament. You see, so that's just a taste of some of the nonsense that we cover in the show with regard to whether or not JPL and NASA have ever told us the truth about anything. Well, I, whilst you're saying that, I looked up uh, Werner von Braun, and uh, he lived between 1912 to 1977 on his tombstone, and it does say Psalms 19.1, which, of course, could be turned around to, to 9.11. And, of course, when I went into um, uh, Google a little bit further and looked at uh, the, the, the Psalm 1911, of course, it stated exactly what you just said, which is pretty incredible, really, if you think about it. It's all I a shell game, man. It's all a shell game. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's amazing, and it's, it's kind of funny <laughs> because, because we're, we're uh, you know, the normal human being is completely completely unaware of what's taking place, which is why your show is so important and you guys have to keep on going and, as, you know, we have to try and get more people engaged with this content because it's more this content's much more important than the, the, the rubbish my children are taught at school. So, we, you know, you've got to keep it going, right? Hey, you know, we'll, we'll keep it going as long as we can. Of course, on YouTube, we're starting to feel heat because, of course, they're pulling the ad revenue. They're now telling us that our content needs to be treated differently than other content um, because the advertisers don't view our content as friendly, which is a bunch of nonsense on the face of it. And, you know, I pointed out recently when I did a clip to YouTube informing them they don't control free speech or free thought that how is it that things like Rick and Morty, can put on national television Rick saying, 
9-11 was designed to take your freedoms, and yet no advertisers are pulling their content from Rick and Morty. How is it that the, the cartoon Samurai Jack, which was one of the biggest cartoons for kids in the 90s, uh, he was killing robots back in the 90s, is now slitting little girls' throats and spilling blood all over the place, but no advertisers are pulling their content from Samurai Jack, and yet Crow's content, and I'm not advocating violence, I'm not advocating even an uprising of any kind. I am advocating people to think on their own terms and to change their minds, and for some reason, advertisers have a problem with that. So we can see the screws are starting to turn. Uh, maybe this is the opening salvo, but we saw where YouTube heroes went, so I don't think this is going to go very well for them. But when we begin to see this same kind of control exerted over content that has no advertising, we will all have to understand that we are going through the door to flat-out censorship. Well, here's the thing. I pay $5 a month to um, um, in, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a member of, of the, the Crow 777radio.com um, uh, radio station, uh, uh, part of the membership, and I think it's a fair price to pay for the content you guys are delivering because it takes your time, research. I don't know who does the research. I, I assume you both do a little bit, but it's absolutely startling, so well done. So would you guys just like to wrap up this show? What can we expect from um, you both in the... The, the the next show or two well um that may, maybe it's best said like this what you can expect for future shows that jason and i do together is two human beings determined to take off their diapers quit crawling around on four legs stand up like adults and to challenge the nonsense that is going on all around us that's what you can expect in terms of specifics um we're batting around what the next show will be we haven't really landed on it but what what would you add jason well, there's a lot of topics we want to cover, and basically what it comes down to is we're going after the things that we know need to be exposed. We're trying to connect dots in a way that other people haven't. Like the, the show that we did yesterday with, on JPL with James, I would like to think that the three of us working together, kind of coming at this from our own points of view, coming together and discussing these things, this is what we're giving you on Crow Triple Seven podcast every every week. You know, we're we're trying our best to take what's out there and put it together in a way that you haven't heard before. There are a lot of sh shows out there that I hear that are just kind of regurgitating the same things over and over and over again. I don't want to name any specifics, but I mean, there are certain movements going on. I, I don't understand what these people are talking about. They're just saying the same thing repeatedly. We try so hard not to do that. We try to dig as deep as we can and put things together in a way to get you to think. And, and I, I would add something more. Um, the way we have structured the show recently is Jason typically brings a bulleted list which will drive the main narrative of the show. The reason we do this is to ensure that me, Crow, does not overwhelm the way every topic will go. And while I do my research, and sometimes we veer away from the list at times, um, it's a way to balance out how this is being delivered. Because if I did the show on my own, a lot of times I would be saying things like nuclear weapons don't exist that would have a lot of people shutting down and say, I'm done here. Um, what Jason really brings to the table, other than his ability to speak well and really balance a conversation and further it, is to level the field out so that more people can consider what's being said. Um, and it's worked very well up to this point yes it has and as a listener i've got to listen to the shows at least twice probably three times and i generally go through the content i stop I, I go online, I find what you're talking about, I put it into reference, and it builds my knowledge base. And it's absolutely exceptional, and I'm really pleased um, to have found crow777radio.com. It's a, it's, it's a great resource and a, a, a fantastic opportunity to wake the F up. Um, so let's bring this show to to a close. You guys were brilliant. I was slightly rusty, but let's not worry about that. And uh, I'd like to thank you both for, for spending some time on uh, Truth is Stranger the Fiction with Herschel36. Cheers, guys. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye. Bye.